Amen. Thank you so much for your giving. Um, hello, moms. We just want to bless you today and just say thank you for thank you just being you. Um, thank you just to the moms that have just put in a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes labor and, well, quite literally labor, um, labor and love. Dad joke there. Um, just a lot of just love and care doing behind the scenes with things with kids, stuff that uh, sometimes nobody sees. Um, we see the kids, we see things uh, done within the home, things done outside the home, and sometimes moms can be uh, very much unsung heroes in our lives. So moms, we just want to speak blessing over you. Um, and uh, before I dig into 2 Corinthians 12 and our message, I do want to pray over moms because I understand that days like today um, cannot just be a day of blessing. Sometimes they can be a very painful day, a very challenging day. And so I just want, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just wants me to speak healing um, over every single one here, especially those watching um, online with us. So would you pray? Lord, I thank you for the day, the opportunity, God, to honor moms, God, and to honor uh, these amazing uh, women that are just a bedrock within our lives. And I, Lord, I just speak your blessing, your mercy, and your grace. And specifically today, Lord, Lord, I speak your healing virtue, God, just to be poured out upon individuals, God. For those that are mourning loss, uh, Lord, Lord, those that uh, are just going through some tough seasons right now, and this day just it becomes a day that is just challenging. I pray that in the midst of this moment, your presence would show up and be just very rich, very real, very wonderful wonderful, God, and that they would just see the beauty of your presence, God, the healing virtue of your love just to be poured so deeply upon them in their hearts, God. I speak your blessings upon them. I speak that in Jesus' name. Amen. Moms, after service, uh, we've got cookies for you. They are just for you, dads. Um, eat, eat the cookie later if she, when she's not looking or something like that. Uh, but we'd love to bless you as you leave. But if you're here, um, you got your Bibles, would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12? Uh, we are in the middle of a series that has been inspired out of the book Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. We are, um, and Wednesday nights, we, we don't do necessarily a ton of teaching on Wednesdays, but uh, we call it going deeper because it's all about getting together, being vulnerable, creating connection. And what I have personally loved that I think is the best fruit out of Wednesday nights is the relationships that are ma being uh, made around tables before and after the class. Um, and I think that's awesome. Uh, Jeff pointed you toward the QR codes that are on the back. of I think it's like every third seat. Um, and visitors, I mean, he's already directed you toward this. But for those of you that are uh, K-First attenders, if you need to connect, um, you can scan it. You can get connected to tables, to trainings, to the website, all sorts of things. You can give through this. Um, so please, please utilize that. If you have friends that show up and they want more information, um, you don't have to take them anywhere per se after, like before the service ends. You can just point them right toward that to get them connected. Today we're going to talk about limits. And we're going to talk about embracing limits. And I've had people say, I don't like limits. And I'm like, well, you can live life without limits, but at some point there will be somebody pulling behind you with red and blue lights that will remind you there are limits that you have to listen to. We all have limits, and we, have, we all have moments that remind us of limits. Uh, one of the things that pops up in my head, first and foremost, is 2005. And I remember it well because it was the summer of 2005, and I was on second base in a soft, I was on a church softball team, and I love church softball. I always pray over our church softball team that we not just win, but we have good attitudes, because I'm just going to tell you, if there's something that can stir up the demons in a person's life, some people are worried about things like witchcraft, I'm worried about church softball. 
that is what it, I got people shaking their head. You know what I'm talking about. Um, some of the bench clearing uh, brawls that I've maybe not been a part of, maybe have been, um, have always been church softball. But I remember being on second base and thinking to myself, I've got to make it to home plate. And you're like, well, of course, that's how you score in softball. But you don't understand, we were down 15 to nothing. <laughs> and I was not going to be shut out. Just not going to happen. You may beat me, but you're not going to stop me from scoring. And so uh, somebody gets a base hit. And so I'm running to the third base. And my, my third base coach, his hands are up like this. He's like, don't run. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I know what I'm doing. And so I round third base. And if you've ever seen me play softball, I do not slide feet first. Because nobody should slide feet first. It doesn't look that good. And you don't get as dirty. And I'm a head first slider. I mean, this, it's the Pete Rose in me without the gambling. It's Pete Rose. I love sliding head first. Because when I slide, I can move my hands around the tag. Like someone goes to the tag, I will pull my hands back, reach around, and I smile at them as at the throat in their face. It's not very Christ-like, but it's really fun. So I'm going to go slide into home plate, and right then the catcher moves into the way. Now, I play catcher because I believe you need to have somebody at home that can catch the ball. And so you stand in front of it, you catch it, and you tag to the side. This person decided to step in to the side right in my path as I am sliding into home. Instead of, instead of annihilating them with my body, I throw my body to the side, and I end up tagging home. We lost the game 15-1, to but guess what? We did not get shut out. But what happened was, is when I landed, I felt something in my shoulder. And it wasn't a fun feeling. And six, seven weeks later, including two mission trips, I went through shoulder surgery to repair a torn rotator cuff. And you're like, was it worth it? We scored a run and we weren't shut out. This is who I am. This is who you hired 13 years ago. Uh, I may not always be a winner, but dang it, I'm not shut out. So I remember waking up from surgery, waking from the anesthesia. If you've never awoken from anesthesia, it is a weird feeling because you wake up and you don't know where spaces of time went. And so I wake up, my arm is strapped to my body, and my wife, her beautiful face is looking over me. She goes, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm okay. She goes, are you awake? I said, yeah, I'm awake. Because She goes, can you hear me? I said, yes, can I hear me? She goes, good. We're going to have a conversation. Now, this right here could be borderline, like, you know, this is stuff you, you might do to terrorists to get them to talk. But I'm strapped down. I'm in pain. I'm on medication. And she's deciding this is the time we're going to have a conversation. And this is all I remember. You are a husband. You are a father. You are a youth pastor. And you are 30 years old. You cannot do this any longer. I'm like, what do you mean do this? She says, you don't care about your body. We do. You can't play at the level that you think, she didn't say that you can play at. You can't play at the level you think that you can play at. You can't dive into fences any longer. You can't dive over fences any longer. Now you've got to understand, this was not a one-time incident. The, the nurses in the ER in Midland, Michigan knew me by name. And at one point, we celebrated six months of Dave not going to the ER from doing something stupid with the teenagers. And many times, it wasn't doing something with them. It was doing something because it was going to be somewhat entertaining. Hey, there's a fire. Let's jump over that. Hey, there's a railing. Everyone's jumping over that. I can make that. And now, granted, I cleared the railing, but I didn't stick the landing ER trip. So after all of that, 
she is giving me this talk. And what is she trying to tell me? You have limits. You have limits. And I don't know about you, but I think I've come to realize that and accept some of them, but you have limits. You know, this is something that's fun to tell kids when they're little, and to some degree to tell, tell teenagers, but we lie to our kids all the time when we tell them, you can grow up and be whatever you want to be. In first grade, I had a dream. All I ever wanted to do in life was two things. I wanted to be a dad and to play in the NFL. I became a dad and I gave up the NFL to come into ministry. That's my Pinocchio look there. Why could I not go in the NFL? Can I just tell you that when you are a running back or defensive back and you are running the 40 and only 4.9 and people who are twice your size are running faster than you, you're not going to make the NFL. When you're five, six, five, seven and a half, by the way, I am five, seven and a half, how many of you know, unless you've got mad skills, you're never going to overcome that height? There are limits that I had that said, Dave Berenger is not going to play in the NFL. But, but that's what I dreamed I'm going, I was going to be. But guess what? I had limitations. One of my favorite things to do years ago was to watch um, American Idol. And you know what? I used to watch American Idol angry at parents. Do you know the parents I was angry at? The people that got up to sing in front of Simon Cowell that did not have a good singing voice at all. And they said, but my mom said that I'm the best singer. Well, Pastor Dave, how do we explain this to your kids? Moms, make your husbands do it. Limits. We've all got limits. And let me tell you this. It's okay to discover your limits. Limits are something we need to embrace and to discover. I love what Albert Einstein says. He says the difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits. Think about that for a while. Stupidity lives life without limits, but a genius recognizes there are limits. And some of us believe we can give more than we actually have. And the truth is this. All of us have limits. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have limits. Now ask your neighbor, do you know your limits? Hey, Pam, is it your birthday today? Happy birthday. You were born on Mother's Day 29 years ago. I stop every woman at 29. I never go above that. Okay, well, God bless you. She does not have age limits, apparently. We all love, here, can I sing my birthday song? Oh, I sing this to my kids. You ready for this? Y'all ready? I've raised my kids on this song. You can steal it. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. You're welcome. Live stream, you're welcome. You notice my voice? We all have limits. All of us. And understand this. People who aren't aware of their limits usually crash into them painfully. When we are not aware 
of many times God-given limits. Well, God gives us limits. Pastor, don't speak that, but that's true. God has actually instilled in all of us limits. And people who live their life in such a way for which they don't, they feel like they don't have limits, or they can live in such a way that there are no limits for their life, understand something. Many of them run into their limit painfully. And I want you to really grasp something, that limitations are a gift from God. Why are they a gift from God? So that we can learn how to trust in Him. Because if we didn't have limits, if we didn't have those little stoppages that God has placed within us in numbers of areas, then really why would we ever need God? But God has given these to us so that we can learn to lean into Him and to trust Him. Because every one of us have limits. Some of you were born with limits. Speed limits, height limits, um, speaking limits, uh, I don't know, intellect, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, so there are some, so this are some that we're born with, there are some that are self-inflicted. Some of you have had self-inflicted limits that you have put on your life. Case in point, I've had a few teenagers in 12 years of youth ministry, 12, uh, See, out of those 12 years, a handful of them decided to break the law, bend the law a little bit, and ended up with a little thing around their ankle called a tether. And they lived for a while with limits that were self-inflicted. Do not raise your hand if you've ever had a, had a tether around your ankle. We're not looking for that type of vulnerability yet this morning. Uh, sometimes through family of origin, we have limits. Our family history, our nature, our nurture. I, and I was thinking, okay, what could be a good example? And I thought of this. Um, I have never had a drink of alcohol in my life, and it's not because I'm so holy or something of that nature, but in elementary school, when you've seen family members that were drunk, family members that got strung up on um, addictions and drugs, you, there's something in me that clicked that simply said this, that even though all my friends were doing it, I saw family members doing it, and I knew, I knew what was in my bloodline. I just knew what was in my bloodline. I learned about it in science, and I learned about addiction and, and, and people who are more... Um, uh, that could be more addicted. And so I said to myself, that's probably my bloodline. Therefore, I'm, I'm never going to drink. So I was telling my parents about this a couple months back. I'm like, yeah, I've never had a drink in your life. My dad goes, yeah, you have. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, well, when you're two, you had this, this bronchial thing going on. And the doctor said that we need to get you whiskey and warm it up and give it to you. I'm like, I was taking shots at two? <laughs> You've ruined my testimony. <laughs> Some of us have made mistakes in our past and the shame and guilt of those mistakes have limited us. Physical bodies have limitations. Our marital status or even life season can limit us. I remember um, 20 years ago, we would have been pregnant with Ethan and had a two-year-old. And so there's a, that season where our time frames and even our energy levels were more limited than we were now with two adult children. Uh, maybe you have a limitation because of sickness in your body or a malady within your body. Some of us here have intellectual capacities that other people do not. Uh, I know I have trouble reading, and so I have to I read things over and over and over, trying to really get off of one page uh, what many of you can do in seconds. We have intellectual capacities. Uh, we have talent capacities. Financial limits. Some of us need to learn that we have financial limits. I'm not naming names because I don't know any names to name right now. Uh, but some of you are like, I don't have any financial limits because I just got pre-approved for another credit card. No. Financial limits. Education or lack thereof can be a limit. Here's the biggest limit. Time. 
Time is a limit. And all of us have the proclivity to make our actions and our abilities in life so essential to be the essence of our identity. And so therefore, because we believe that what I do and what I produce is who I am, I try to live without limits in my life and we end up producing something in our life that can only be sustained by living beyond our limits. And the problem is with living beyond our limits, it's like taking a car and running the RPMs in the red, thinking that that car will stay healthy, secure, and safe for our lives. We all have limits. And what we do it does not determine your worth and your value because when you do, you live without limits. You see, when we are honest about our own shortcomings and limits, God's power and possibilities become more evident. I want to say that again. When we are honest about our own shortcomings and limits, God's power and possibilities become much more evident. Limits are good. I would even argue, we'll talk a little bit more about this. I believe God's limits that he's put in our lives are gifts. And the problem is this, is we're so busy competing with people around us. We're so busy trying to compare limits with other people. And we're getting off the mark because we're thinking, if I can have what somebody else has, I would be happier. But the problem is, is once we have that, we're not going to be happy because if you can't find your fulfillment in Christ, you will always make other demands, hoping to fill that thing that only Jesus can fill. We have Limits. Picasso says this, a core mark of emotionally healthy discipleship is a deep theological and practical understanding of limits. Yes, we need a theological understanding, but we need practical everyday living where we know what our limits are and we know how to honor them. And in fact, on my phone, um, I have an app on my phone. I have two apps for when I run. One is my Nike app, and the Nike app keeps track of how far, the, how far I ran. So yesterday, after I got done running, I pull out another app because that app takes an accurate reading of how far I've taken my running shoes. I don't know if you've ever thought about doing that. Did you know this? Your running shoes have limits. And I take every pair of my running shoes, I take them 500 miles, and after 500 miles, they retire and become everyday shoes, lawn shoes, shoes for whatever. Um, but I take them 500 miles because after a certain mileage, your shoes start breaking down, and, and if you don't change them up and you continue to run in them, you can do damage to your feet, to your ankles, to your shins, your knees, your legs, even your back. And it's amazing what will happen when we try to get more out of something that has limits that was never meant to be taken that far. And how many of us are running our lives in such a way where we're damaging our life because we're refusing to live in the limits that God has given us. But some of us are thinking, well, I, I don't want limits to limit me. But I'm here to say that limits never eliminate you from being used by God. Never once did they eliminate you from being used by God. Because when I read scripture, God uses limited people like you and me. Genesis to Revelation, God uses people that had limitations. People that didn't have their stuff all together. People that didn't have the best abilities or talents. God uses them. And one of them we're going to read about here is a man by the name of Paul. Now Paul is somebody that we would call a super apostle. He's somebody that 
was utilized in tremendous ways. This, he was a, was a pastor, a missionary, a church planter. He performed miracles. He spoke boldly and hundreds, yea, thousands. And through the years, I would argue, millions have come to Christ because of the life of Paul. And he's established another ch- a number of churches. One of the churches that he helped establish was a church in a city called Corinth. And that, ch- that city was a very well-known, well-established, and very wealthy city. Very affluent and there in that city, uh, he wrote two different letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And he wrote a second uh, letter because there was a change in leadership in the church. And the leadership started having a bit of revolt against the leadership of Paul. And they started saying things about Paul. They started speaking against the fact that Paul was poor. Paul was a tent maker to support his ministry. And he just never had a lot of money, never had a lot of substance. And on top of that, he wasn't a gifted speaker. In fact, if you read the scriptures, you'll realize Paul really was not a very gifted speaker. Paul had limitations financially. He had limitations um, in terms of his talent and ability. And these leaders were trying to pull, pull the church away from Paul and to begin to take a shot at who he was. And in fact, if you study the scriptures, you realize that Paul was just not limited physically and in, in his abilities. But Paul had a limitation based on his past. Because Paul, used to be known as Saul, used to kill Christians for a living. To hunt them down, throw them in jail, and have them killed. And so even when Paul was traveling, I mean, imagine hearing about somebody who's terrorizing the church, and all of a sudden, Sunday morning, Pastor Dave introduces that person to speak on a Sunday morning. All of a sudden, people are just going to leave in droves. And Paul had a lot of limitations he was facing. Look at this. Verse 12, he is writing to this church, and he lays this out. He says, to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, that it should leave me. But he, Jesus, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, Then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, say that with me, then I am strong. What is he talking about with insults, weaknesses, hardships, persecutions? Know what he's talking about? He's not talking about the things that are happening outside. He's talking about what's coming from the church in Corinth. And he talks more specifically about his own limitations and weaknesses. And his limitations, this is what I love, his limitations don't depress him. His limitations don't eliminate him. In fact, we would say it this way. Every one of his limitations became an invitation for him to know how much he needs Jesus. Let me say this to you, K-First, that every limitation is your invitation to realize how much you need Jesus in your life. I want that to get deep down in your heart. That if you feel limited in an area, if you feel limited in life, maybe you feel limited because of your past. Maybe today you feel limited because you feel hopeless today. I'm here to say that that moment where you feel less than is the greatest moment because that's the moment where he can become greater than in your life. He wants to work in you. And Paul is not worried about it because he said, listen, all that matters, verse 9, is that Christ is proclaimed. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness or your limitations. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast more gladly. In other words, I will be proud of my limitations. For the sake of Christ, it's all good. 
For when I'm weak, when I am limited, he is made strong. Now he says he's got a thorn in the flesh. Now, I don't know if you've ever got a thorn in your own flesh. Most of the time that happens when you're out on a walk in, um, in uh, a trail, in the woods. We think about thorns, but in the Greek language, this thorn was not something that you would get caught on inside uh, in a trail. Something connected to your sock or your shoe or your pants or whatever. It's, it's not a thorn. It's actually more tr better translated a steak. Not the piece of beef, by the way. I'm talking about something that can actually cause a life-threatening injury. A thorn doesn't cause a life-threatening injury like a stake, something stuck into the ground, something that could be stuck into the side, something that can actually gash you and be life-threatening. And so Paul says, there is this thorn sent from Satan. And the commentators have argued, what is the thorn that Paul was dealing with? And so there have been a number of theories. One theory was blindness. Because in one of Paul's letters, he writes, see what large letters I write with my own hand. So a lot of theories about blindness. There's another theory that it was his hair loss. Totally serious. Someone said over here, said, come on. I don't think that was a hardship that he was dealing with. Uh, another theory was that he was married, as being a Pharisee, he would have been married, that his wife had left him, and the hardship was a broken heart. Other people believe that his hardships were the Corinth leadership that was tearing up the church that he loved so much. And three times he said, Jesus, take this away. Have you ever prayed for something to be taken away and it wasn't taken away? I know I have. I know you have. Yet in this limitation, Jesus speaks into this limitation and Jesus simply says, my grace is sufficient. The word sufficient in the Greek language means unfailing strength. And my power will be made complete. The word there is perfect. It's more better translated complete in your weakness. And so Paul says, that's why I don't worry about it now. I've dealt with, I've given the thorn to God, but God's going to meet me in this place. What I love about reading the scriptures and why you ought to be in the scriptures every day is the scriptures show us individuals who lived with limitations. People like Gideon. Gideon in the book of Judges had his limits. Gideon was a coward. He was, what in his own words, I am the least of my family and we're from the least tribe in all of Israel. I'm nothing. And not only is he living with self-imposed limitations, but he goes to fight another army, a massive army, and he is limited in the amount of people that he gets to take. He's fighting thousands, and God gives him 300. I'm like, God, hook me up better with this. And yet, Gideon comes out of this thing victorious. Why? Because when we're in the midst of our limitation, we get to realize the true presence and the power of God. Someone like Moses Moses, who was known to have slowness of speech, he had a tragic past. He had an anger issue. And yet God uses very limited man to lead two to three million people out of bondage. Elijah, the prophet Elijah, one of the greatest prophets that we know in Scripture, this guy had straight-up depression. At one point, he wanted God to kill him. He was suicidal. And yet God used this man mightily despite the depression and the darkness that he dealt with. Look at the disciples. Lack of education. No leadership skills. And God used these guys with limits to become the catalyst for the new church. Look at David. Best name in all of Scripture outside of Jesus. Love David. 
David is so limited by his family that when the prophet shows up, he says, I'm going to anoint one of the sons of Jesse. Jesse decides, my son is so limited. David, you go watch somebody else. It's going to be your seven older brothers. Even his family limited. His brothers despised them. And he got to the place where his wife despised them. And through all of this, we see this very limited situation. And David is known as man, the man after God's own heart. And God used him to be the greatest king in all of Israel. Every person that we see in scriptures like you and I, they were born with limitations, but they also had a choice. That we can either live with a limit and feel like that we've been hampered, or we can invite God into that limit and allow God to do something magnificent through them. We all have limits. Even look at the Garden of Eden. Oh, I can't wait. Next month, um, for, for the first 10 years of me being here, we did a marriage series every June. And I, I, I put that on hiatus for a couple years to give a little bit of a break. Next month, we're going to go into our first marriage series we've done in years. And I've had people like, well, single, uh, we, we're not, we don't want this. Divorces, we don't want this. And I've had people say, just, I told them, just keep coming. And I promise you, at the end of the series, they all say the same thing. God's word is God's word. God's truth is God's truth. Invite friends. It's going to be a blast. We're going to study uh, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, and we are going to reclaim Eden. That's what the focus of next month is going to be. We are going to reclaim Eden. But there in Eden, we've got everything given to Adam and Eve, except for one tree. God gave them a boundary. God gave them a limit. You can have everything but this one tree. But isn't that human nature? Is we don't look at what we have, we look at what we don't have. And the serpent comes and begins to tempt Adam and Eve. And what does he say? He says, why did God give you that limit? It's because God's trying to hold something back from you. I'm here to say that when God gives limits to us, it's not because he wants to hold us back. It's because he wants to actually give us freedom. God doesn't give you limits in order to bind your hands. It's to release your life. And when we live life without limits, that's where our lives get bound. That's where our lives get destroyed. The serpent says, God is withholding something. And we could blame Adam and Eve, but Adam and Eve, that's you and me. Well, God must be holding back. God said no, he must be holding something back. I wonder, I wonder if we can actually see what God has in store for us, if we could stop getting our eyes off of the things we think that we ought to have been enjoying, that we were entitled with. Some of us, we have our eyes on some other goal and we are on some other prize. I wonder if we can just get our eyes on Jesus and recognize that number one, he's the prize, and number two, that what he wants to lead our life in is so much more than we've ever asked or imagined. Because many of us think that the freedom comes from the absence of limits. Freedom actually comes from within them. One of these days, I, I've, I've had this dream of preaching an entire series on the, on the Ten Commandments. I'm going to call it Sandbox. Why call it Sandbox? Because the limits, the barriers of the Ten Commandments was for us to play inside the sandbox and begin to create and begin to see life come out. But so many of us, we live beyond limits and so the question that I've got for you today, in fact, I've got two, is something I want you to ponder today. So number one, how will you respond to your limits? Do you receive the limits? When it comes to the limits that God has given you, do you deny them? And do you receive them? 
What limits do I need to submit and receive joyfully for me to trust God? What do my limits look like? I think for some of us, we don't want to acknowledge them. We want to keep pushing past them. But I'm here to challenge you that when we've got limits in our life, those limits are always invitations for us to surrender to God. One of the greatest, if not, in fact, Jesus called him the greatest prophet in all of the scripture. Do you know his name? Someone gets a pop chart over there. John the Baptist. John the Baptist had limits. In fact, he had a thriving ministry until he baptized a, a, a specific person, and that person's name was Jesus. Had a thriving ministry. Everybody was showing up. Everybody liked his blog, followed him on social media. It was just, it was amazing. He enjoyed life. And once he baptized Jesus, and Jesus uh, began to op open up his personal ministry here on earth, all of a sudden the staunch followers of John the Baptist were like, listen, look what that guy's doing. Look what his disciples are doing. You gotta do something. You gotta get a book deal like they've got. You gotta get what they've got. You gotta, you gotta get the possibilities. And John the ba Baptist, he laid out to them. He said, listen, I only get what I've been given. And then he says in John chapter three, verse 30, this is what he says specifically. He says, I must become less and he must become greater. I've gotta become less. I've gotta embrace my limits because when I embrace my limits, he's the one that gets to be exalted. See, Adam and Eve, their response, their, their mindset was, we need to have more, but they ended up having less. John the Baptist was different. He was about being less, but ended up having more. Man, the culture, get more, go after more, go after more. But it's amazing how we can chase after something over and over. We can run our lives ragged. We live without limits and we get people applauding us, but at home we're exhausted. We've got no time for people. We have no time for our kids or for our marriage. And most importantly, we have no time for Jesus. But look at what we've got in the bank. Look at the position. Look at all of these successes in the world's eyes. And we, live, we end up living life having less. But when it comes to John the Baptist, we got to follow that example that says, listen, what matters is not me lifting up my name. My, what matters is that Jesus is exalted. So instead of pushing past our limits and trying to get complete control in our life, we need to lean into Jesus because it's in our weaknesses that we actually find his strength. For when I am weak, Paul says, I'm strong. Emily, if you can come to the keyboard, that'd be amazing. The second question, it's just a third question. How do you respond to your limits? Do you deny them? Do you receive them? And or do you break through them? Do you break through them? Some of us need to learn how to break through limits. And the question I ask this morning is what limits is God asking you to break through by faith so that other may know them, know him, and we might become the people that God has called us to be. Pastor Dave, told us to live within our limits. But listen, God gives us limits to live up to. And when we come to our limits, this is the place where we have to allow God to come in and be the one to break through those. Because I'll tell you this, if there's anybody that struggled with limits for years, it's been this guy. By nature, I'm a workaholic. And I remember being 24, 25 years old, sitting in the hospital, going through echo stress tests, other type of stress tests, going through things that I was 30, 40, 50 years from needing to go through. 
living my life without limits because I thought if I could do more for God, I could get more of God, not realizing that if I would live within my limits, that God can actually do more with my little than I can do with my own much. God can do more in your limitations than you can do with yours. And some of us here have added on limitations that don't need to be there. Maybe we could say it this way. Some of us here, we have, remained, we have remained spiritually immature. We've never progressed or grown in a relationship with God, and we have put a limit on it. And I'm wondering if you would just challenge yourself to begin to grow yourself in the presence of God, to begin to go after God, and begin to break through some of those limits that you have put on yourself. There's some of you here that, man, that God has been challenging you to do something beyond just simply attending. And I get some of you have come from churches or you've come from church traditions for which you got maybe overly used. Maybe you got burnt out. I understand it. I've been there. I know what that feeling is like. And maybe there's a limitation that's been ha that has happened based upon hurt, a, a limitation based upon some bad experience. And you have kind of pulled yourself back. And I'm here to say maybe this morning that God is ready to help you break through those limitations. And to start living a breakthrough-oriented life that's not done by your ability, but done by His ability. Some of you have simply kept K-First at arm's length because of your past. And it's time to break through. You've been hurt by church and you've actually kept Jesus at arm's length. It's time to break through. Sometimes God has given us limits, but some, some of us have placed our own limits on our own, our own life. That I can't go there again. I don't want to get hurt. I can't give again because I saw somebody misuse the funds. I can't get involved again because somebody would monopolize on that and take advantage of me. But I'm here to say that God wants to give you a place where you not just see the limits that he has actually given you, but he wants you to break away from the limits that you have placed upon yourself to see you live a full life. There's a Greek word that I want you to memorize and know, and the Greek word is zo. Z-O-E. Jesus said that I've come that you might have Zoe. And the word means the fullness of life. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's Zoe life. And there are times that we hamper life because of limits that we have imposed on ourselves. The schedules that we have kept We've kept to keep ourselves busy and we've made no room for God. Some of us, we need to discover our limitations so that we can break through. Maybe it's hurting and it's pain. I don't know what it is, but I believe that God wants you to help break through those self-imposed limitations to learn to live free and in His presence. We have limits that we need to accept this morning as gifts. And there's other type of limits that we have placed upon ourselves that God wants us to have breakthrough. He wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. If you're here today and you've been living beyond your limits, I want you to understand that God has not given you limits to punish you. He's given them as a gift. Because of this, the more I meet my limits and the more I know my limits, the more I can meet and I can know a limitless God. Paul says it. In my limits, I'm made strong. By myself, I can't do it. But with God's help, that's where it's done. By myself, I don't know what kind of witness I can be, but with God's help, I could do it. By myself, I'm hurt and I'm broken, but with God's help, I'm free, I'm set free, I'm liberated. Think of Moses. 
God, use my brother Aaron. I'm slow to speech. I don't have the ability. I've got this reputation. People know me back in Egypt, but God said, listen, this is what I will do. I can do more through you than you can do through yourself. He could do more through you. And you may not think you have much to give, but then you got to go to the Gospels. Let me tell you this. There is, there is one story outside of Passion Week that was shared in all four Gospels, and it's the feeding of the 5,000. It's the simple story of how God took a boy with a limited size lunch and used it to transform the hearts of thousands of people there and continues to transform our lives. When we give God our limits, God can do